first of all, uh, thank you very much, Tom, for coming to Entitle Podcast. No worries. Uh, it's the first time. I, ne- I mean, you, you invited me for your podcast a couple months ago as well, and it was incredible, kind of, you finding out more about me as a personal. I mean, you're one of our partners as well, so I think it will be a good opportunity for having you sharing a little bit of your story and, um, and talking in terms of in terms of the journey of becoming an entrepreneur yeah, that yeah. I think we both know is not as easy and as yeah, shiny yeah. as people sometimes can can perceive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Tom, should we start with a little bit of your background? Um, what you used to do before you opened Trulid? So, yeah, um, so I've spent the last 10 to 12 years in sales. So I did the typical, went to university from school, you know, went and did a business degree, you know, ideally at the end of that, you go and get your graduate job and you progress in the career. I ended up getting into sales. Um, I I worked my way into sort of cybersecurity world as like an internal sales rep. And then just within 10 years, sort of, you know, climb that corporate ladder within the sales, um, you know, career essentially. So. I could very quickly see, you know, within the first few months of being an internal account manager, you, you could see the reward, you know, the first commission check I got, I bought myself a watch and went out and I, I enjoyed that sort of thing. So I was like, right, I looked at the people around me and thought, how do I get there? So I went on a bit of a mission for 10 years to try and get as high as I could up that, that food chain. And that required moving jobs a few times and, you know, changing positions, but managed to, within 10 years, get to VP of sales within a cybersecurity firm. Um, but learned a lot on the journey in terms of how to sell, how to you know, do business development, how to do lead generation, how to close small deals and, and large deals, but, but learned a lot about sales within within that 10 years. So that was my background before. Um, and then true leads happened and <laughs> you know, we're trying we're trying to help people like me on that journey generate leads effectively, you know. Just before we actually start talking about true leads, I think it's quite interesting the fact that you had a before you actually open your own business, you have a, a journey of 10, of 10 yeah, years, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And 10 years is quite a decent amount of time to actually learn a skill set, especially where, and I don't think there is nothing wrong against sometimes people going out there and just start a business in the particular industry, but if they just start the business without actually having experience in that industry, yeah, yeah. it means that they need to learn both at yeah. the same time and make the connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, what I think is a little bit more more difficult. What do you think was the most important skill set that you learned during that period of time? Yeah, good, good question. I think I, I think I think you look back now. It's like I I think now I wish I'd started earlier. I wish I'd started the business earlier. But then you, okay. you didn't have that experience then. So I don't regret regret the time I had in the sales because I've learned so much. But I guess it's it's how to deal with people. It's how to you know simplify sales because it can be quite you know people can overcomplicate it but it's you know it's a human interaction it's people to people you, you've got to learn how to deal with people and to you know position your products and services in a way that doesn't come across as a sales pitch yeah. so I learned how to do that I learned how to deal with people I learned how to progress deals um, both internally within these companies and externally so a lot of sales is not just about dealing with the customer it's about dealing internally with the internal politics and getting the right deal team available inside the company to go and uh, seize the opportunity so learned a lot about that really um, over the course of 10 years and then obviously trying to use that experience now to run the business running now but I think yeah looking back there is a part of me that I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and yeah, do my own thing but without that experience I wouldn't be where I am now as well so 
it's sort of you need that as the foundations I think to to make a success of it. Gotcha. What do you think was the biggest challenge on that process as well? Because I believe it's quite a lot of benefits in working for someone else. But what do you yeah, think yeah. is the challenge? Well, I think sales sales is a fantastic career, like amazing. And I saw the success when the reason I got into it, my, my dad was in sales, and I saw the success it 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 brought in terms you know, financially and our lifestyle, and it was a fantastic. So, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I ended up going into them, sort of following the money. But if you get it right and you you're good at it, it's a very successful career. You know, I've travelled the world. I've you know earned good money. We got a good lifestyle out of it. So it's it's a very rewarding career if you get good at it. If you're not good at it, you're job hopping. You you're looking for your next job and you're not succeeding. So I just tried everything I could to get as good as I could, as quick as I could, to make sure I could earn that money and was super focused on doing that. You know, so. That's yeah. It's a great career, and it sometimes sometimes gets looked at in a bad light. You know, you see all yeah. these films, and the stereotypical sales guy, somebody who talks a lot, somebody that's trying to sell and push products on your throat. And my experience, the best sales guys are the complete opposite to that. They listen, they're attentive, they work with their customers, they generally try and help their customers. And if you can get that bit right, you you'll sell. It comes off the back of it. So if you can change your mindset to, I'm not trying to sell here. I'm actually trying to help you. Then your sales career will take off. Massively. I read a, a book about Zig Ziglar that's here at the top, and I think one of the main phrases he used to say is stop selling, start helping. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's, yeah. it's a good. And in terms of the transition, then, um, tell me what happened. What happened during that moment that you realize, okay, I need to, I need to actually, is the right time now? I'm, I have my skill sets and I'm ready to go to, to, to own my own business and becoming an entrepreneur. Well, I think it's it's like a lot of things in life. I don't think you're ever going to be 100% ready. It's like having children, four kids, you're never ready. You know, you're never ready for these things. But once you, you're there, you, you, you deal with it, right? So it's one of those things that's been a burning desire for years. Like, it's always been there. I've always, every company I've been to, I've thought, oh, I could do this better or I could do something similar. I've always wanted to do it, but never actually had the guts to go and do it, you know? And, and as you go deeper into that, sales career and you start earning more money you get more commission more respect that's harder to do and then your personal life catches up with that in terms of the money you earn your lifestyle your children so it's very hard to give all that up so i'm i'll, I'll you know i'll be dishonest if i said i completely planned it i was ready and, and jumped into it there was a few things that happened that you know i was i was planning it um there was a few moving parts that that led that way in terms of a redundancy at the, the company i was at um, but I was ready to go from that day that he's literally, you know, it was the start of lockdown, got made redundant, but instead of applying for jobs and looking for the next sales career, I literally just set up the business and, and went from there in the middle of a global pandemic. So yeah, it, although I was sort of wanting to do it, it sort of took a moment in time for me to actually have to do it. Gotcha. What was the biggest fear you had at that moment? Um... To be honest, I think the, the adrenaline kicked in because it was, it was tough, you know. I mean, made redundant, and, and on the face of it, you know, that summer it looked back, it was amazing. Like, but um, you know, my wife had to go work extra shifts in A and E. Like, I had to homeschool the kids and try and set up a business. So, I think there was fear, but there was adrenaline there to like, right, this is my chance now to make this work. So there was a sort of, yeah, I guess there's a feel of fear of failure, but I always thought that if it didn't work out, I can always go back into sales. So. Here's my opportunity. Give it your best shot, and if it if it backfires, you can always go back to doing what you were doing. Um, so, 
you know, I think you're always going to get the fear, right? And you probably have the same. You're always going to, yeah. and you do have days where you're like, oh God, but you will do, you learn how to deal with it. And I think you, you, you've learned that you get through that phase and you learn from that and you, you keep going. So I don't think it ever goes away, but, um, you learn how to deal with it better, right? Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that, at least for me, was very important as well, it was make it very clear my reasons why, yeah. why I'm starting, why I'm doing this, just because as you mentioned, I think there is always going to be a fear. Yeah. Sometimes you can have a very successful month and then straight away you jumping into the next month, you start thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. are we going yeah. to be able to, to survive still? Um, but what what for you was kind of your your reasons why, your motivations behind? Um, well, like I said, it's something that, you know, I went to business, I went to Aston University. I've, I've been around people that set up businesses. It's, it's always what I wanted to do. It's literally... Even when I was younger, I wanted to do it. Just never, I just went down that path of the mm -hmm. corporate world, but always wanted to do it. So that was the reason. It was, it was something I always wanted. To, I always wanted to be my own boss. I always wanted to take the ideas I had and create something out of it, and you know, support my family in the process, right? And I think it was, you know, the, the sales career is great, but it's very sort of money focused, money driven. Other than that, unless you've got the right sort of planning place around what you're going to do with that money and the you know, some sort of purpose around it, it can be quite soulish, you know, it's just chasing the dollar. So it was about sort of trying to build something that's more than that, you know, and, and sustainable for the long term, you know, so that's sort of always been in the back of my mind and to sort of prove that I could do it, you know. Yeah. And what what was the, the approach that you took in terms of, uh, in terms of how did you trying to start the business? Because I think one of the mistakes that, for example, we did when we decided to, okay, let's start the business, we're just like, uh, the first initial thoughts, it was like, uh, I know I can make videos, so let me just create a website yeah. and clients will come to me. Yeah, yeah. But that's, it's quite opposite in the way yeah, actually yeah, things yeah. work. So what was your step-by-step -step process um, to actually... Well, to be that? honest, you know, we, I saw a, there's a gap in the market. It's, it's been around for a while and, it, and COVID just accelerated that in the fact that getting hold of people and, and lead generation is harder and harder nowadays. And it's, and every vendor I went to, every company I worked for, it was our biggest challenge. And no matter how much, how many, you know, great tools they had and processes and outs you know, getting the leads was the hardest bit. And as you get more senior within sales, the less you want to focus on the piece because you're working on big deals, you've got internal meetings, you're working on big contracts, you, you've got less time to prospect and to, to generate the, those initial inquiries but I was always very good at you know finding my way into those accounts and, and uncovering opportunities and then bringing in the team and the, the people that the technical guys to help progress it so I knew the opportunity was there um, but and when I first started it was literally building off the network I already had you know I already had you know in sale that people move on but I had a really good network of people already and it was literally a case of reaching out to them and saying look how can I help you with lead generation? We're in the middle of a pandemic. There aren't any events anymore. There aren't any lunch and learn sessions. There aren't any, you know, um, events you can go to. You can't meet your customers. Okay, you try and phone your customers. You can't get hold of them on the switchboard. Have you got their mobile number? No. So how, how are you going to get hold of them? So people were crying out for help. And um, we were there in the middle of the pandemic to do that. And LinkedIn was a big way to try and try and help them. So a lot of that budget they had set aside for those external events, they were looking at other ideas quickly to try and still do business in the middle of a lockdown. So it was very much a case of um, 
just seizing that opportunity but using what i had you know the tools i had were my my knowledge of the market um you know really a good product and service that we've built but also my network of connections that i've built over the last 10 years within the industry i think that's quite an important factor as well just because you only can and going back to what we did what we mentioned it is not about selling is about helping yeah. because you you've been able to help people you then build a networking of people that exactly. bought from you but they continue to trust you yeah so that's why even if you come with a different slightly different product they trust you tom exactly so they can buy and continue yeah. to buy that it's, because you're a lot based on trust 100 yeah. and it was something that i was you know with job previously I was getting more meetings from LinkedIn than my whole business development team were getting me, you know, just on my own from my own outreach. So I knew how to do it. I knew how to do that. I just had to go and speak to my network to do it. And a lot of it, you know, that that's another important thing. You know, when you're in your career, don't burn your bridges. Build your network. And if you do leave a company, leave on good terms because you never know. Like a lot of my com- com- customers I deal with now, they're old, you know, bosses or colleagues or people I've worked with. You know, that's that's where the business started, right? So. We've gone bigger than that now. We've branched out, but that the heart of the business was built from my network, you know. Yeah, I think I think I think that's that, that's literally gold information. Is literally just keep building bridges yeah, yeah, yeah. and don't burn them because yes, exactly. you, you never know, right? The yeah. corner. And people in sales do you know they they change jobs and stuff happens, and you do get made redundant. You do get put on a performance review. You do lose your job. Things happen, but don't burn your bridges because you never know who, you know, the the person you're working with. You know, today might be somebody you're, you know, managing in a few years or vice yeah. versa. So, you know, build your network. It's a small, yeah, cybersecurity I was in, it's quite a close-knit industry like many are. So you get to know everybody in there. So, yeah, that's one piece of advice, I guess, is don't burn your bridges and, and use your current network if you're setting up a business, right? I think it does, that's a great advice because I think a lot of a lot of companies and sometimes more kind of young entrepreneurs that don't fully understand the principle of building a relationship yeah, yeah. they don't understand that so sometimes they're trying to jump into the cell too quick without yeah. actually building the, yeah, the yeah. steps of awareness trust and then yeah. actually conversion what do you say are kind of maybe your three tips to building a relationship because through that relationship opportunities will come anyway yeah i think that's that's key really like you just said i think it's you know, use your network, but you're not necessarily, you're not necessarily going in straight with a pitch on this is what we do. It's it's just, you know, speaking to them, asking about their challenges, seeing how you can help them. And the other thing people seem to forget on LinkedIn is that that person you're reaching out to, that might not be them that you sell to, but it might be somebody they refer you to or somebody in their network. So you are building a relationship with them, but so many of our customers come from referrals from them. So it might not be might not be the solution for them at this time, but they know somebody. So that's the importance of the network on, on LinkedIn, especially because you've got those second, third degree connections, which it may be relevant to. So I guess, you know, go go with that approach of, you know, you're not trying to pitch to them, you're not trying to sell to them. You're trying to generally help these people mm-hmm. um, would be the first piece. Um, you know, build those relationships as you do and, you know, just try and go in with the fact that, you know, you, you're trying to help them essentially at the end of the day. You're not trying to have get anything in return. You're just trying to, understand what the challenges are um, and especially when you're a small business because you can you're small enough to be nimble to change your products and services to to help them and understand what the problem is so in the last two years we've pivoted quite a few different times in terms of where the market's going and we're at a place now where we're we're scaling but 
you understand that you know things things change with how much has things changed in the last two years right so you just got to be nimble enough to to do that you know so but yeah i can't underestimate the power of your existing network already it's you know critical really yeah brilliant and i mean going back going back and also in terms of the changes that happened in the market how what do you do in terms of giving the right feedback to to clients having in consideration that you've been working in sales for because i believe that is been a, a massive change in sales the market yeah. of sales yeah yeah for the last for the 10 years that you yeah. work in the industry you know, I, mean, because, yeah, yeah. I mean products that before i mean just just the fact that you, when you're looking at distribution and yeah. even the way people advertise before yeah, the yeah. way they're trying to advertise now it's been completely different in yeah. socials it's been something that you just explode yeah yeah massively in the last 12 pretty much 12 yeah. years really so how can you help small and sometimes large business to trying to understand that continuous change that is happening all the time? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the major shift, and this is something you, you sort of um, have alluded to as well, is is the shift to digital, right? And it's when I first started, it was literally, you did pick up the phone and just, and it's like as much, more calls you do, the more meetings you get, the more deals you close, that was it. And, you know, if you had an outsourced lead gen company, You'd be smashing the phones, and it's all based on that. And the and the shifts happened, and it's happened though, you know, happened gradually. But I think um, COVID accelerated it. But that that method doesn't work as well anymore. It's still, if you're really good at cold calling, great, you get on with it. But there's better ways to do it. And 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 eighty percent of buyers in the next few years, according to Gartner, want a digital first approach. They don't want to be sold to straight on the first call. They want to build that relationship, see content. You know, understand what you guys, what you do as a company, and then they want the the sales pitch and the sales interaction. So, that's the way the market's shifted, and what we're finding now is, you know, certain people within organisations understand that, and they want to try and, you know, um, address that issue, but not everyone knows how to do that, and you still get the the old school, VP of sales, sales director that are set in that mindset of, you know, smile and dial and hit the phones. But even those guys now were speaking to CROs and VPs of sales. Now they're they're realizing yes, social selling is very important. LinkedIn is very important. Digital first is critical, and they're they're starting to understand this more and trying to get their teams to implement this these sort of things. So that's been the biggest shift. Um, and those old, old methods they, they don't work. They don't work as well anymore. So more and more people need help with that and trying to provide something that scales across the team. So you haven't just got one or two people doing this you've got a whole team of people that are bought into this um, methodology yeah definitely i think we a lot of people talk about the terminology of micro um influences as well yeah. in the sense that they create enough content around them yeah. that allow people then to see them know them yeah. like them and gradually start trusting them exactly, as well yeah. so i think even when it gets to the the position of actually having that conversation they get already uh, a little bit aware yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of that person so it, it simplifies because yeah. you don't need to kind of explain everything that you yeah. do you just need to really address the problem and spend more time exactly and also if you, you know i still pick up the phone like you still got to pick up the phone but if i speak to somebody they generally know who I, i've already shared content with them already engaged with them like they know who, who we are what we do you know so it's not cold call it's a warm call it's more of an introduction so you still got to do the multi-channel there's other approaches but the idea is you, you go with a digital first and, and lead with that sort of mentality. Um, and the whole employee advocacy, 
advocacy thing in terms of, you know, you'll know this more than most people, you know, your company page will get a certain amount of reach, but if you share that on your personal page, you're going to get 20 times the reach. So trying to make sure that companies uh, adopting that methodology throughout the team so that they're increasing their awareness on on LinkedIn or any other platforms really. So yeah, yeah I think I think you 100% right that because in the end of the day people buy from people yeah, isn't yeah, it? Is, exactly. is that is that principle and I think if you look to old school type of business unless you yeah. are like a Coca-Cola or yeah, yeah. McDonald's or like massive corporations that spend fortunes and advertising is that principle of going to the same person yeah. and having that kind of human interaction yeah, yeah. and uh, and it's kind of the family business that yeah. kind of provides that service to you and you know like and trust them yeah. so you always keep going back to them and as long as they provide a good service you keep going back yeah, to yeah. them as well but i do think in my opinion that socials have created opportunity that allows that that family business to scale yeah, yeah, and a massive level just because they can yeah, reach I've, more people at the same yeah, time. I, it, I generally think it's a hundred percent easier if it's your own business or you you're a small business. I think it's easier. I've worked at, in, in the corporate world where you're in a part of a massive organization and you're trying to do the personal branding piece and stand out. And one, it's you know very saturated. You're trying to stand out in the competitive market, but two, you've got the internal pressure of oh what. What will my boss think of this? What will my colleagues think of this? You've got that pressure which stops you from, you know, posting and being yourself a bit. You know, when it's your own business, 100%, you can be a bit more open. You, yourself, you know, this is me. Whereas it's a bit harder when you work in that corporate environment. But I do think that the people that try and stand out in that environment and try and add value to the customers, they're the ones getting the results. And people can see it. And I think it's just, you know, other people want to try and learn how to do that. So you will get out of a team of 10 sales guys, the one or two of them that really embrace in social media, they'll be the ones that are hitting their targets every year and going to Presence Club because they know how, how it works. So I want to try and help people, everybody do that, you know, not just one or two people in the team, help the whole team do that and the whole team thrive because if the other guys are still going the old school way, they're not going to be in the job in 12 months' time. They're going to still be doing the old, the old fashioned methods that just aren't working anymore. So... Tell me a little bit more in terms of true leads. Of course, I know because we've been yeah, working yeah, yeah. together for quite a long time, but more for the purpose of the podcast as well. How does the true leads help a client, uh, help your clients or potentially salespeople to kind of achieve that, create that social presence and also reach to the target audience a little bit faster? Yeah, so, you know, I think um, we're purely focused on LinkedIn in terms of our outreach. But we want to try and provide like a process, a system around around this to make it successful, measurable and trackable in terms of what you're doing. So if you sit on LinkedIn every day, you know, every, most of your prospects are on there. You know, you've got eight, nine hundred million people on there. Your prospects are there, whether they're on there every day like I am, probably not. But they're on there and you can engage with them. So the, the point is, that if you know, you, you can do this, you could very manually and find your prospects and message them and that bespoke approach and share content, but it's very, very time consuming. So we developed a process and a platform that can help you, you know, scale and automate that process. So you've got a repeatable model that can scale throughout a team. So in terms of building out your list of people you want to target, so making sure they're super, you know, high quality prospects you want to go after, they're the, the right personas. Number one thing is no point prospecting to people that aren't relevant. You're just going to annoy people 
Um, and then secondly, having a process around that in terms of right, what sort of content do these guys want to see? What sort of approach would they, you know, what, what do they need help with? What are their sort of pain points? Um, and then off the back of that, developing sort of a, a plan in terms of your content and your posting that relates to that. So they're going to be seeing that on a regular basis. And some of the best deals I've ever closed have come from that. They've come from a post you've put out. They've come from a message you've sent. But it takes time. It's not an instant, oh, Nikolai, I've got a project on around this, this you know, let's talk. It takes time. They want to see who you are. They want to see what value you can add. How are you helping other customers? And then maybe a few months down the line, you'll come to mind when they have that project in mind. And especially within cybersecurity, I've come for people obviously want those instant results. But like I said, some of the you know, you've got a twelve-month sales cycle. It will take time to nurture those prospects. But essentially, we built a process which can that model. You've got that one person that's absolutely crushing it on LinkedIn. We've got a model that can scale that the team and where you can track the results of it because if you've got one people working in silos doing these things you can't really track the success of it um, whereas this process means that you can track how the team are doing what sort of content's working what campaigns are working and then you can actually make adjustments to see how you can improve on that so what's been the biggest success that you had for one of your clients you don't need to tell me the client itself just the well success. you know there's there's a few really um, you know, we've had people literally within a few weeks close close deals off of it. You know, get into their top accounts and close business a couple of hundred grand deals off the back of it within a few weeks. We've had people that, you know, when we first set up, you know, the traditional method's great, they're, they're cold calling, we know everybody. Literally within a few days are connecting with prospects they never even knew about, you know, because we found them for them, new prospects which one was actually, you know, on the same trading estate, but they never spoken to the guy, but <laughs> we found them and made the right contact. So we've generally, you know, helped people, you know, close big, big deals off the back of it, but also help them build their network within that account. So for example, when I first started doing this, I had a couple of thousand contacts, but when you look at those contacts, they're colleagues, they're recruiters, they're people we went to school with, they aren't actually end user decision makers. So the important thing I think here is to help your clients build that network. So when you, you know, embrace the social selling piece, your prospects are seeing that. And it might not be the job you're in now, it might be in the future, but you need to start doing this now so that you've got an audience to share your content to. There's no point just sharing content to your colleagues and recruiters to like it. You need to share it with your prospects. So we've helped do that a lot. But in terms of key results, you know, there's numerous companies that have, you know, closed sizable deals off the back of it. And that's changed the landscape of their their business. Yeah, that, that, I think that's that's quite big as well. And and I think adding what you what you mentioned in terms of uh, even that sometimes because it might be a fear for some people say, well, I don't have that audience. I don't have that yeah, audience yeah, yet. Yeah. But I do think sometimes that if you start having engagement, even with people that you know, that might not be the right target audience. The best yeah. will be having the target audience yeah. engaging with your yeah, content yeah. and and ha being, having them in your audience. But if you don't, it might be good sometimes to start. I mean, you are, and you tell me, but I think it might be good to start with the ones you call, at least yeah. because you never know who they are connected to yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes, especially in the journey of entrepreneur, Sometimes you might start a business, but your cousin, your yeah, best yeah, friend, yeah. sometimes yeah. don't know that you have started a business. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. sometimes that can give them that kind of the, the small nudge that 
actually yeah, yeah. my friend is doing that so if i think about it actually i might be able to make him two or three introductions just because i might know some yeah, person yeah, from work or from something yeah, yeah. else yeah yeah absolutely again use your network use the people you know and they're already but um you know you've got to be targeted you know there's nothing worse than a you know message or you know connection on linkedin that's just completely random like if, if you really talk you know, find out this is one thing that even when i was at quite senior level within sales like so many people don't actually know their target persona oh, is they yeah. just don't spend the time to think about that so just spend some time and think about who is it we actually help here what persona is it what you know what their challenge is what what level what, you know what, how senior are they what what you know what's their what do their job look like day to day so i was dealing with you know CISOs, chief information security officers they don't have time they're bombarded by loads of different vendors and partners reaching out on the same messages you've got to try and stand out you've really got to try and make yourself different and stand out so i think um before you do all of this just have a real think about who it is you actually help because linkedin's vast and you could send messages all day long and you build your network and get loads of likes on posts but if it's the wrong audience you, you're wasting your time yeah. so any feedback or any tips in terms of building their own persona because i think it starts from there. It starts yeah, yeah, from yeah. knowing what to, what to target because if there is no point in just having a service that fits everyone because exactly, no yeah. everyone will, yeah, yeah. will buy your service and I think it's a mistake believe that everyone could buy your exactly. service because they, yeah, yeah. They, they're not. They're not. Yeah. So what advice or tips would you have for people that are maybe in the stage that maybe sometimes they've been running a business for a couple of years now, yeah, yeah. but then now they really need to look in terms of who is the target audience yeah. and they want to build that and be very specific so they can actually try to scale because if they understand the target audience, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's easier than to scale and find other people in the target yeah. audience in different locations. As yeah, well. yeah. So, you know, I mean, when we set campaigns now, we, we, we'll have different content aligned to different personas, for example, like rather than the same messaging going out to your group of people, you'd have different content lined up for these people. So it takes time and it takes trial and error to, to work this out. And especially as a, a business or a new business, it might take you a while to, to work that out, but you've mm -hmm. got to try things and, and um, you know, pivot, you know, where you can and find out who it is you want to serve. And I think when we first started, we were guilty of that as well. You know, we, we were going for everybody, anybody, you know, <laughs> around the world in like different, different industries and different size companies. And, you can't you can't serve everybody, so you need to find your your niche and where you where you help and where your product fits. Um, and again, when I was in cybersecurity, same thing. You know, you maybe you need to work out which size customers you need to be speaking to, what verticals are really hot with your product and service. Some you know which referenceable customers you have because you can build on that. So no, if you've got ten reference sites within financial services and you're going targeting education, you really you know spending your time in the right areas and. It, Obviously, you know, you're t most people take business where it comes from, but to get the quicker results, you need to be quite focused on who you're targeting, right? So, yeah, just spend time thinking about that, but add trial and error in terms of, you know, your target personas and um, and how to how to align the right content to them. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I think maybe for the podcast we should finish in a year. Do you want to add anything for the no, podcast? No, no, no. Okay. So thank you very much, Tom. For, for coming Thank for, you, for the podcast in with entitled uh entitled podcast um yeah just keep following us for the next podcast as well follow tom as well tom you want to say your socials where yeah can... so tom happy there's not many of happy's around so you, you'll find me 
um, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on all, all the all the main social sites. So yeah, give me a follow if you ever need any help. Um, you know where I am. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, thank you very much for today. Thank you.